This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start breaking down Romans chapter 15. But before we even get started, why don't you lead us in a word of prayer and we'll get kicking. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. It doesn't come back void, but it accomplishes what it's sent out to do. I pray that the eyes of our enlightenment would be flooded with divine light so that we might know you better, that we might know you more intimately. Lord, we ask for wisdom, revelation, discernment, and direction as we study your word. Open it up to us. Didn't our hearts burn within us as he opened up the word, as we walked along the road? God, that's what we ask for. Holy Spirit, open our understanding. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's great. So let's just review 14 just for a second before we start digging into 15. um, In Romans 14, Paul discusses being... uh, the stronger Christian not causing the, the weaker Christians to uh, to stumble. Both Christians, nonetheless, just some stronger than the other. And we see this in our churches today, even. You know, like at Authentic, we got people like Pastor Rod and Larry have been preaching for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then we have new believers. And then we have seekers, even, that are not believing yet. Uh, so we have all different phases. So you got stronger and weaker. Uh, but in particular, Paul was talking about um, the food issue they were having because you have the Jews who had a restricted diet, even though God said everything's clean now. Mm-hmm. They they would still kind of like what we've been talking about. Jesus dudes hanging on to this, you know, this old baggage, you know, from the past. Uh, so it'd be tough for them to to let that go when God says, "Hey, this food's clean. This food's unclean. Don't eat this. Eat this." And the Gentiles who are this Jew and Gentile in this church here in Rome, worshiping together, and the Gentiles saying, "Hey, I mean anything. I like my bacon." <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, Paul is just trying to. I think one of his goals in the writing this letter, and we see this through a lot of his letters, his goal is is to keep the unity. Uh, because there's power in unity, and we'll talk about that a little, in a little bit. But he says, if eating certain foods has a chance to cause division, don't eat it. And so we, we took a look at that concept. We applied that to things like alcohol and movies. I don't think we got into the movies or the, the music very much, but, you know, it still applies. Um, our main goal is to show Jesus, right, and, and model Jesus to others um, so that they'll be, be encouraged to follow Christ and to have a deeper relationship with him. <clears throat> Therefore... We have to be alert and aware of who is around us, you know, because we don't want to cause somebody to stumble uh, and where they are in their walk. Um, we cannot have a, an attitude of, well, I'm strong. This doesn't violate my conscience. Therefore, I'm just going to partake of it. And we have to be aware of who's around because we don't want to be a stumbling block. Um, and we have to be considerate of others. And um, Hebrews 3.13 in the, the NIV version, just for you. 
<laughs> it says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened <clears throat> by sin's deceitfulness. Um, other versions use the word exhort. That's one of the things I talk to you quite a bit about is um, I'm here to encourage, I'm here to exhort. And that word exhort, I was told this a long time ago and I never forgot it was, uh, it, it means to give a gentle push. To your, you know, like I say, I got your back. To urge one another yeah, on. To urge right? one To provoke each other yes. into love and good works. Yeah. yeah. And so that's that's what we want to do. We don't want to be a stumbling block. We want to exhort one another, encourage one another, because we're, the goal is to get to heaven, right? All of us together and bring as many people as we can. So, so sometimes that's pulling people. Sometimes it's pushing people, right? <laughs> and sometimes it's smacking them on the head. No, I'm just kidding. Straight up. Uh, so we're here to help one another on this journey and to heaven and not to hinder. And that's what Paul's going to continue, actually, in chapter 15. Chapter, to me, he he's starting to soften up. For 1 through 14, he's just like hammering. And then in 15, and, and we'll see in chapter 16, 16 is going to be really interesting. I can't wait to get yours and Shelby's. And, and if Carrie, if she joins us too, that would be good for her to join us on that one. Because um, he mentions... Out of 29 people in his greetings, he mentions 10 women, which is 34% of the, if you do it by percentage. So he mentions a lot of women. And so one of the things we're going to talk about in, chapter, in the next chapter is um, women's role in the church. What, is, what, what are the women's role in the church? So, All right, so let's look at uh, the first six verses here in chapter 15, and then we'll, we'll get, dig into that. Paul says... Uh, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. You know, this food issue. You know, think we got to be considerate. There's a lesson itself right there. Um, we must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and, and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O oh God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other as fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you, Jews and Gentiles, he's talking about all of you, can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the goal is, in the body of Christ, should be anyway, unity. Mm -hmm. It's like it starts out the letter to the church at Corinth. There's so many divisions among you. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be this way. And one of the issues they had was, well, I was baptized, you know, by Apollos. I was baptized by Paul. I was baptized by whoever. And so he's saying, you got all these divisions. And then he starts talking about the, the milk and the meat. How some are, you know, drinking milk, some are eating meat. It kind of goes back to, to, to what he's saying here. To what he was saying in Romans 14 and what he continues to say here. you got stronger Christians. you got weaker Christians. So you got to be considerate of other people. Like you and I have been Christians for a long time. We've studied the Bible for over 20 years. So I would say we're pretty strong in our walk. We can be stronger. Right. We have room for growth. Right. Um, but we're pretty strong. 
you know, considered somebody like Shelby, who is not here tonight, sitting sitting in with us, but she may be in the next podcast, who's a fairly new Christian, and though she knows some of the Word, she don't know 20 years worth of the Word. She hasn't been studying, you know, as long as we have. And so we are very considerate, because she hangs around with us so much, we're very considerate of, it's not recording. All right, so um, we're having technical difficulties. <laughs> so we'll pick up where, I think, where we left off. And hopefully we're back. And then hopefully we're back. And so we're talking about being considerate of others and the goal being unity, right? Um, that's what Paul says in the very first verse. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like about this, this food, you know, this you know, this food business that, that some think you can't eat this food, you can't eat this food. Um, so the goal being unity in the body because um, we discussed in several podcasts ago that there's power in unity. In 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Paul says, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Uh, in 1 Peter 3.8, Peter says, Finally, all of you be like-minded, mm -hmm. be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. But that, that idea of being like-minded. It reminds me of the scripture in Ephesians where it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And it's kind of saying the same thing. So that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good thought because it, it, it's hard for people to submit to one another because we we're so selfish and we want our own way. We we have our own values. We have our own opinions, mm -hmm. and mine may differ from yours on a certain issue or you know, Billy wanting the green carpet and Uncle Joe wanting the blue carpet. You know, next thing you know, Billy's got one church. Oh, the light just came back on. Hello. So the. Uh, Billy's got a church over here, and Uncle Joe's got you know a church across the street because they couldn't submit to one another. They wouldn't consider to one another. There was there was division instead of unity, mm -hmm. and you know and that's just a you know a weird example, but that's the way it goes. It happens like that all the time, and and, and that's that's what Paul is trying to keep from happening here. He's saying that um, he is he's trying to keep the unity because you've got Jew and Gentile who don't like each other. Right. They can find lots of reasons to yeah. divide. Of idol worshippers, you know, you're eating meat to idols. <laughs> <laughs> and and so he's trying to keep the unity. Um, because if you keep the unity, then Christ is glorified, and that's the whole the whole purpose. Um and that that's the very next thing I had written in my notes actually. Uh to have unity, we have to quit being selfish. Quit being selfish and think of ways that we can help one another. All right, so we're talking about uh, unity and um, not being selfish and thinking of ways that we can help one another because that's the whole goal. We're trying to help each other get to heaven to endure. Accept one another. Accept one another. Um, and so one of the things I want to talk about just for a second is how we, we, we cannot mind our own business. Does that make sense? Because people will say, why don't you mind your own business? Stay out of my business. Am I my brother's keeper? Yeah, exactly. Yes, you are. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> or you should be anyway. Um, 
Because, well, I think I heard somebody say this at church the other day, or as in one of our services that we were having on the special services. Um, when one hurts, we all hurt. Mm-hmm. When one rejoices, we should all rejoice, right? Right. Because it, what goes on, what goes on in the body of Christ, it not only affects. Can I use your mom for an example? Sure. So, so okay. So your mom's having surgery Wednesday, a, a pretty major surgery. You get a a, a mass removed. Well, what we tell the church, and what does the church do? Yeah, prayed. You got text after text. Your phone was blowing up Sunday Message, morning, yeah. you know, and then mm-hmm. we let mom read them, right? Mm-hmm. And then Billy uh, texts from while the service is going on and says, "Hey, we just prayed mm-hmm. for for Mary's mom," and and you know, and I, I showed that to your mom, you know, so it's encouraging to to right. her and to you and to all of us, really. You know, right. it, it's that ex- exhortation, it's that gentle push to, you know, I, I know the scary thing is coming up. I know your family's concerned, but we got your back, right? You're being lifted up. Yeah, you're being lifted up. So that, that, that's that's that unity thing going on. That that's that encouragement. That's what uh, Paul is trying to, to get at with right. with these these Gentiles and these Jews. Yes, yes, you're Jews. Yes, you're Gentiles. But you're one in Christ. And that's why he's going to say in uh, is it Galatians or Colossians where he talks about us. There's no more. Jew or Gentile, Gentile. slave, free. Sl- yeah, yeah, male or female. You are one. Is, is that Galatians? Uh-huh. Or Colossians? I keep Anyway, it's in one of his letters. That but he's back to verse 5. It says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It also reminds me of the scripture that says, it is good when brethren dwell together in unity. Mm-hmm. You know, when when we are in one mind, when we are in one accord, when we are lifting one voice, it um, it is good. And not in the way that peanut butter and jelly is good, yeah. you know. But, A little deeper. You know, it's it's... When God says something is good, right? In in his days of creation, he created this and it was good. And he created this and it was good. That's good. When man was alone was the first time something was not good, Mm. right? Um, It is good when we dwell together in unity by God's standard. Yeah. And and one of the ways that we can do that, or there's there's many ways that we can do that, one of the things that I've said for years and years when I was preaching full time was, you see a need, you meet a need. Don't don't wait for people to ask because most people are not going to let you know. Or, or well, let me back up. Most people won't come and ask for help, but they will let you know they need help if you just look. Not you. I'm just saying people. Just, if we just listen, if we'll just listen. If you're standing in the grocery store line, you know, if you're at the mall, you're wherever, wherever you're at, you just listen to people talk they don't even have to be talking to you they, they can be talking on the phone they can be talking to not that you're eavesdropping or anything like that but you you, you just listen to their conversation and, and you will hear a need and the simple thing that we can do is say how can i meet that need because mm-hmm. we all have talents but it don't have to be money it can be anything mm-hmm. you know somebody that's sick take them a bowl of soup mm-hmm. if you can't if you don't have a driver's license water you you make but you make a good soup make the soup and have somebody else deliver it Mm-hmm. Now you got two people involved. Now two people can be a blessing. You know, just things like that. And, you know, verse 6, so that with one mind 
and one voice you may glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I'm going to throw in a shameless plug. This weekend, we are going to Nashville to join together with one voice, with one mind, um, at a David's Tent, uh, Worship City David's Tent event Yeah. on the Legislative Plaza in Nashville. The heart of that is repentance, calling our communities, our state, our nation to a place of repentance um, with unity in the body. And it is not one individual church that's doing it. It is the body of Christ collectively across the state that is coming together for three days. It'll be every hour, every two hours, there's a different worship team on the um, on the platform right. there's people from different churches all across the body that are coming together to pray to worship to uh, read the Bible to evangelize and that's what he desires is for us to be unified with one mind with one voice we are glorifying God yeah that's why I was actually looking up the prayer that Jesus prays in, in John 17 mm, come on so in verse 9, he says, my prayer, this is John 17, verse 9, my, this is Jesus praying to the Father right before he's about to be crucified, or, you know, go, go be crucified and, and, and uh, give his life for our sins. He says, my prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world. But I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. There's the unity. that They will be united just as we are. When we know the kind of unity that Jesus had with the Father. I mean, when Jesus was baptized, you get this voice coming out of heaven saying, This is my beloved son. He's giving him affirmation. Right. in front of everybody this is my beloved son whom, whom I'm well pleased and Jesus would say over and over again the work you see me do it's not me doing them it's the father working through me he says uh, in John 14 when uh, Thomas says show us the father and it'll be you know it'll be sufficient Jesus says you see me you've seen the father right. talking about the characteristics of the father in me and I'm, I'm here before your very eyes and so that you see that unity, and, and so he's praying for his disciples here, his followers. He says to the Father, he says, protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. I have in the ESV here that says that they may be one, yeah. even as we are one. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's the unity. And, and, and that, that should be our, our desire as the body of Christ. Now, unity is not the same as sameness. Well. Right, but we we are just like he says that. How can the eye say to the hand, "I don't need you"? Mm-hmm. No, they have different functions. They have different roles in the body. It doesn't mean that everybody is exactly the same, but each one has a a valuable role to yeah. play. Yeah, First Corinthians twelve. Right. Yeah. That we are united, even though we're not all exactly the same. That's good. And, and that's what makes it, it it makes it difficult but it makes it good right difficult because yes we are we all are different and we all have opinions 
but it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about not being selfish and submitting to one another. Different giftings, but the same spirit, right? Yeah. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, yeah. teachers, right? That we need all of those working together in unity to be the glorified bride that Jesus is returning for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's that's really good thought. And that's what that's that's what he's trying. I mean, if you think about it, the, what's going on here with the, the Jews and the Gentiles and they're and they're worshiping together. This is huge. Mm-hmm. This is a huge ordeal for the church. Um, and this is things like this, like we were just discussing. Jesus praying to the Father for unity for his disciples. Paul is seeking unity in the church. We should be seeking unity in in today's church. We're putting our our selfish desires to the side for the sake of the unity of the body. And this is exactly what Jesus did. That's that's and we're to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Jesus was always, and that's what Paul was talking about um, in the verses, the first seven verses we read. He he was always looking for opportunities to glorify the Father. Mm-hmm. And once once he you know got those opportunities, well then people were just naturally attracted to him, and you know they started flocking to him by you know in the gro- by groves to to be ministered to. And so I put in my notes before we go on to the next set of verses. When people know that we care, when people know that we care, and people know that we want to help, then they'll give us the opportunity, and it'll spread like wildfire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what's that old saying? People don't. How, how's it go? People don't care what you know until they know that you care. How, how does that saying go? Oh, I hadn't heard that before. But that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Um, so there's there's no greater feeling than to know that your friends and your family uh, can count on you and come to you when when they're in need, right. and that's the way it should be. People, um, well, like Paul says, you know, uh, imitate me as I follow Christ. Right. And hopefully, that, that that's the way that our friends and our family, our coworkers, mm-hmm. they they see that in us as Christ followers. That they can mm-hmm. come to us and, and and be able to open up to find that uh, help in time of need, mm-hmm. to be lifted up in prayer, whatever. You know. um, it speaks volumes in person a person's life because they're shining the light of Christ, and people are attracted not to us but to that light, to the come on Jesus. Yeah. I mean, and that's why that's what I told you. And when that I, in yeah, us. I, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, because I've known you for eight years, and I said that's that's one thing that's very attractive about you is the way you treat people like they come into the shop and you just pray for people and you're all you're constantly asking well, what can i pray for you about today like you know we'll go out to eat somewhere or whatever and you're like the, to the server that you've never seen before in your life and you're like how can i pray for you today what do you need you know that that's the way we all should be yeah. but um it's a little tougher for some people they're just not <laughs> they're not they're not as open you know, to, to stuff like that. But yet, it goes back to what I was saying a while ago. There's other things, you know, some people don't have that gift like you do. But um, they have other gifts that they can use to bless people with, mm-hmm. to help people with, and, and to unify and to show, uh, to unify the body and to show Christ and for Christ to be glorified. It's just that we have to do that. Right. And, and be open to growth because I wasn't always that way. Yeah. 
for sure. Um, the Lord had to grow me in that. And I had other people that were a good example for me that were outspoken and outgoing and would talk to anybody. And I was like, ah, Lord, I want some of that. Yeah. Give me some of that. Um, and that spurred me on to, to grow in that area and to right. be bold and to be courageous. And sometimes I'm still not as much as I would like to be. But um, continually in a place of trying to grow into that. Right. You know, it, like you said, follow me as I follow Christ. I want to look like Jesus. I want to talk like Jesus. I want to walk like Paul did, right? I, hey, and you want to smell like Jesus, right? The, what, right. What's the verse you always... The aroma of Christ amongst those <laughs> who are perishing. I want yeah. to be the aroma of Christ. That's good. Right, and that we would be of one mind, one voice to glorify him. Yeah. Not so that people could see us. No, we want them to see Jesus right. in us. We want them to see Jesus. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, we'll go through uh, verses 7 through 13 before we end um, this podcast and we'll start the other. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. So I think he's going back to that Jew-Gentile friction. Therefore, accept each other. Don't don't be pushing against each other. We're striving for unity, so get rid of your selfishness. Put your selfish wants to the side and accept each other as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Because that's the, that's the main goal. Wait, you mean I didn't have to like clean myself up before I came to what? Jesus? <laughs> nope. He takes us just where we're at. Right? Even with all of our flaws, even with our faults and our failings, He has accepted us. Not for us to stay there. Yeah. Right? But for us to be continually transformed by his glory. Yeah. But he accepted us first. Well, look at the and man. He said, come on in. Yeah. I'll, I'll clean you up. Let me peel off some layers. Let me <laughs> let me yeah. get rid of some things. Let me some, instill some other things. Ch- ch- and ch- that ch- is ch- how we are supposed to act towards each other. Accepting one another just as Christ accepted us. Yeah. I was going to say, look, look at the guy who's writing this letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on his way to kill more Christians or right. persecute more Christians. He's going around pulling men and women out of their homes. He's on his way to Damascus to do that even more when he's knocked off his horse. You know, he has that encounter with Jesus and his life's changed for the good for, right. forever after that. So it's not that he went and got cleaned up first. <laughs> you know, right. no, Christ cleaned him up and, and, uh, and it changed his life forever. That's a good, good point. So therefore accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made to their ancestors. He also came so that the Gentiles might give glory to God for his mercies to them. So he, he And Jesus even said that I've got sheep that are not of this fold. Uh, and he was talking about the Gentiles. And he also said that he didn't come to be served, but, but to, to serve. serve yeah. Right, and the... The Hebrew mindset, looking for the Messiah, was like, I'm looking for this great ruler, this... Um, military ruler. Guy. Right, this military power that's going to come in and... Kick butt. Take over. Take over. He's going to sit on the throne of David. They literally thought right. he was and, on the throne and of David. Right, what does a king have? Power. Servants, oh, right? Oh, and, yeah. and they have people who serve them. Um, but our king is different. Our priest and king came to serve 
not just to be served. Yeah, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He looked different. He walked different. He talked different. Get used to different. Get used to different. <laughs> Come on, Chosen. <laughs> so he also came so that the Gentiles might give glory to God for his, uh, his mercies to them. That is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, For this, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. I will I sing praises to your name. Isn't that, oh Lord, yeah. Isn't that the song? And in another place, it is written, Rejoice with his people, you Gentiles. And yet again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Praise him, all you people of the earth. And in another place, Isaiah said, The heir to David's throne will come, and he will rule over the Gentiles. They will place their hope on him. So it's always been in God's will for the Gentiles to be included. Right. So, uh, I pray that God, the source of hope, and this is what we're going to talk about here. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that God, the source of hope, God is the source of hope, right. will fill you completely. So God's going this, this God of hope, the source of hope. He's going to fill you completely, not so you're not lacking anything. You're going to be completely full, full of what? Joy and peace. His joy, mm-hmm. His peace, not happiness. Right. Happiness depends. This is what people say today in today's world in, in our right. world today. I want to be happy. I just want to be happy. I want to do things that make me happy. Don't I have a right to be happy? Yeah. Happiness depends on outside circumstances. Right. Joy. It comes from within. It comes from within, and it's so much deeper than happiness. Well, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Yeah. Is love, joy, peace, yeah. patience, kindness, goodness, right? All those um, those things come from the Spirit. And I'm not sure that we can manufacture that on no. our own. Because no. it has to be a deep-seated thing, you know, for us truly to, to know joy. Um but not only does he want to fill us, but he wants us to overflow. Mm-hmm. So think about a cup or a vessel yeah. being filled, not just um, filled with a little bit. But running over. But yeah, pressed down, shaken together, running it over. That's right? what I was You read my mind. God want us so that we give so that we can be filled, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's not just to fill me. But it's so that I spill over onto the next person. Yeah. But see, what you said there triggered a thought in my mind about where we have to be in the Word. We, ha- we, we have to be in to be getting filled. Right. Because to pour out, we've got we to gotta have something in us to pour out. Right. What does the Scripture say about, like, be being filled? Yeah. I believe the original language says not just be filled once. Yeah, but be being filled. Well, look at Jesus himself. I mean, what did he constantly? He would go off by himself and tell, send his disciples away and say, "You know, you know, I, I'm I'm going to spend some time with the Father." That's what he did. He didn't go rest. He didn't go to sleep. He he was up all night long praying, being filled, being filled, being constantly filled. And we 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 have to do the same thing. That's why Paul told Timothy, he, he said, "Stir up the gifts that are within you." Well, what does that mean? Well, those those gifts are may not be as effective because you know Timothy was ministering to people and and so Paul is saying, hey, I need to lay my hands on you again and, and stir up. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a reason why he had to stir up. You know, fan what, and flame. What happens when you when like with, with water? I remember one time we were building a house 
in North Carolina, the mountains in North Carolina, and, and there's a um, a house. What do you call the thing where the the water comes in the little the little house thing, the spring, the spring okay. house, the spring house. yeah, mm -hmm. spring house. And you can look. That water was so good, so cold, and just so just delicious, pure water. I mean, it's so good. But you can look in that water and just see all kinds of sediment, dirt, and where it had just it had settled down. Or like, okay, here's a, here's a better example. When when I lost, uh, or Miranda lost your um, fin on your uh, paddleboard, and I said, I want to find that thing. And so so you, the water was muddy, but yet you could see through the, through the water because it's so shallow. And I was looking for the fin, which I never have found yet, but I will. Um, but when when I would walk, or we would walk through the through that water, and that mud would get stirred up, mm -hmm. and it would become cloudy. Right, and, and 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 I totally forgot why I was the point I was making. But anyway, we're talking about being filled. Yeah. To the point of overflowing. Yeah. I have no idea what I was where I was going with that. But anyway, Lord you will, <laughs> you will overflow with confident hope through the power. Of, oh, I was talking about Paul stirring up the gifts. Yeah, mm -hmm. in Timothy, and and so it. Being refilled and, and, and uh, stirring this this idea of stirring up, um, we we need refill. If Jesus needed it, we need it. Mm -hmm. um, and so that that's kind of like the, the idea of here. This God, uh, the source of hope, He will completely fill you with joy, His joy and peace, um, because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of. And, and there's the key, the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. Power of the Holy Spirit. Reminds me of um, Fill Me Up. The power of God overflow permeate all my soul. Fill me up, God. You know, just so that we, it's not just for me, but it's for everybody that I come in contact with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes back to what we were talking about a while ago about meeting needs, seeing needs, mm -hmm. meeting needs. Because you're pouring out. God's mm -hmm. filling you up. It's overflowing. Why is it overflowing? Because He's wanting you to take your talents and your gifts and your abilities and meet other people's needs. Mm -hmm. Because we're exhorting one another. We're encouraging one another. Why? Because we're trying to help each other endure. Because, I mean, when Paul's writing this letter, he's writing to people who are dying for their faith. They're being persecuted for their faith. We're sitting in here in our, you know, air-conditioned house at your kitchen table, and, and you know, it's comfortable. But they're being encouraged to be yeah. joyful in hope, right? Patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Yeah. So before we end, I just want to talk about this real quick. This one thing, and and that thing is confidence, mm -hmm. which is, in my opinion, a lot of Christians lack confidence. Um, when there's a lack of confidence, in my opinion, there, there, there's a lack of power. And the, some of the examples I, 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 that I wrote in my notes for that is, is like, because I grew up playing sports. Well, my big thing back then was skateboarding and baseball. And just for time's sake, I'll just use my skateboarding thing. The way skaters learn a trick is we picture it in our mind. Even people who are inventing new tricks, we come up with these ideas about this trick in our mind. We see somebody do a trick. I want to learn that trick. Well, how can I learn it? Well, we watch them do that trick. We'll we'll get we'll video it and we'll break down the video. 
But we, the first thing we do is picture it in our mind is us actually doing that trick and landing the trick. But then what happens is we go to try that trick and it hurts because we wreck. 99% of the time, we bust our shins, we get credit carded. If you can just imagine what that is, where the skateboard goes between your legs and up your Ouch. butt crack. Yeah, it hurts. Uh, you know, we if we're on a half pipe or if we're on anything, we fall. We can, you know, scrape an elbow or bust up a knee or twist an ankle, whatever. There's pain involved in this process of learning this new trick. Very rarely will you land a new trick your first go around. And so, what do you have to do? You got to get back on your board and try that trick again. You build confidence, hmm. right? It's like uh, like your son plays football. Well, if he doesn't know the plays when he's out there on the field, they're going to bull rush him and run him over and sack the quarterback or whatever. Uh, or they're going to he's going to miss a block because he don't know the snap count. He he's not going to have the confidence. But if he knows the plays well and he knows the snap counts and stuff like that. Then he has more confidence. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one, uh, a shirt that I have, uh, a, a saying that we've had back in the 80s in the skateboard when I was younger, is fear is the mind killer. Fear is the mind killer. And and when I'm at the skate park, and I, I, one of the things I like to do when I'm there is teach the little kids tricks, you know, mm-hmm. simple tricks, dropping in, you know, or things, you know, whatever, or an ollie, or just, just simple stuff. And Nine times out of ten, they're scared to drop in, you know, on the little quarter pipe or whatever, little three me. foot, four foot. <laughs> and I say, you know, you can't be scared. And what I'll tell them is, you get on the transition and you, you learn to pump first, and you're pumping back and forth on the transition, and then you try to kick turn, and then you try to go higher, and the higher you get on the transition. So what this does is, you're you're getting over your fear of going up the transition and back down the transition, and you're learning. The transition mm-hmm. you get a feel for that transition and then once you get that feel for the transition you immediately go straight up to the coping put your board down and don't even think about it and you drop in you might eat concrete and you might not if, but if you just went up there and try to drop in you're going to eat concrete and you might break an arm or a leg or something mm-hmm. but if you you know you, you build confidence mm-hmm. and you go, don't even think about it. No fear. You just, and, you, and nine times out of 10, they get it. They go and they're all excited. I got to drop in, you know, and then they, you know, it, it brings more confidence. Well, it goes back to what you were saying a while ago uh, about um, how, how I was talking about how you minister to people like at work, at, at the shop and things like that. You mm-hmm. said, well, I wasn't always that way. Other people, you know, I've seen right. other people do this. And so you started doing it. And as you've done it, more and more you built confidence right right and the and now you've been doing it for so long it, it just comes second nature to you because you're very confident not in yourself but in We're who's gone. in you right. and where that power is coming from the holy spirit that overflows out of you right may the god of hope yeah and and and, and so um before we end today's podcast i i, I just want to pray for people to be more confident in their faith, mm. to meet not not just in their faith, but in the God they serve. Mm-hmm. Because if they would have more confidence, they were going to have more power. Does that make sense? They're going to yeah. be filled with the Holy Spirit. They are filled with the Holy Spirit, but they can be refilled and they can draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. Is what God says. Right. 
And as they draw near, they draw closer. They get refilled. They get refilled. They, their talents, their abilities, that the spirit within them gets stirred up. Mm-hmm. And they're this. Uh, uh, what what does he say? Um, I pray that the God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So we, we, we've got to run to God. We've got to be filled with joy. We've got to be filled with peace. Then we will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Spirit. Do you have anything you want to add here? I was just thinking, like, what does confidence mean? And I was thinking with the Spanish, con, con fiel, right, with, with faith. That's what you're yeah, doing yeah, yeah. is you're building faith with faith. Um, and so I just looked up the definition of confidence. The feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. A firm trust. Right. And that is what we are building. Why? And I've talked about this with disciples recently. Just why did God have the children of Israel build altars in the wilderness. Reminders. Right. It was reminders of his faithfulness, mm-hmm. reminders of where he had provided, reminders that you could look back at something and go, oh, that's right. God did that and God did this, so I'm confident that he's going to do this. Yeah. Right. What did David say? He, he killed, I killed the lion and I killed the bear. That's right. I can take down this uncircumcised Philistine. Yeah. Right? Looking back, I can see God's faithfulness. And this builds my confidence for what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. That hey. we've got that confident hope. And we need, we need those reminders because we quickly, very quickly forget right. what God's done for us. Right. And brought us through. And, we lose, and when we do that, we lose confidence. Mm-hmm. So grab some stones. Right? <laughs> Not cojones, but stones. <laughs> you grab cojones, no. it might hurt. No. Maybe sing the different May tune. the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him right. so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your joy and your peace. Not happiness. Not happiness. Shalom. We, we look for that joy that you bring. Father, we just thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding. That's shalom. Father, we're thankful for, as we just finished celebrating Yom Kippur and the, the Day of Atonement. And we know that what Christ has done for us, that he is our atonement, that he shed his blood for our sins, that our sins are washed whiter than the snow, that we are forgiven, that our sins are forgiven as far as east is from the west. They're never remembered against us anymore. Not that you forget them, but you do not hold them against us anymore because of the blood of Jesus. And that brings the joy. That brings peace. And with that joy and that peace, your Holy Spirit running through us, running our cup runneth over. And with that, it brings confidence. And help us to have that confidence, Lord, to walk in your light and to shine your light that people would be attracted to you, that people would be attracted to Jesus inside of us. Give us the confidence. Give us the boldness. Give us, as we pray many times, to uh, give us the courage to to uh, share Christ, to, to just listen. What does James say to be? Swift to listen. 
And if we would just listen, people would tell us what their needs are and then give us the boldness and the courage to step out and help meet those needs in any way that we can. It doesn't have to be money. It could be just something simple, just being the hands and the feet of Jesus. But help us to do that. Mm-hmm. Help us to not be hearers of the word, but to be doer yeah. only. You have anything you want to add to the prayer? Mm-hmm. No, thank you, Lord, for your shalom yeah. that leaves nothing missing and nothing broken. Fill us up, Lord, so that we might overflow to everybody that we come in contact with. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Yeah. Amen. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grind It Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grind It Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.